This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone. Like the big voice said, it is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. And today I am taking you back to October 20th of 2015. Greg has a great visit with Mr. Stephen Reichlin. This is a doubleheader. Both segments are Stephen Reichlin. Stephen is talking about his induction into the Hall of Fame, as well as the great cooking and grilling stuff that Stephen is famous for. So here's Greg's visit from October 20th, 2015, with Mr. Stephen Reichlin. Third Tuesday of the month guest here on this show. We go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome in Stephen Reichlin. Stephen, how are you, buddy? Great. How about you, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Always appreciate the time you give the show. And a couple of good things to get into this evening. You know, when we talked last month leading into this particular segment, we ended with a little bit of a lead-up or a hype-up to the American Royal 2015 this year. That has uh, since come and gone. So you've had a couple weeks away from it. And I wonder, as somebody who isn't going there to necessarily cook in the Invitational or the Open side, and we've had a, a massive recount on this show with all those guys that uh, won out there, as a spectator and, most importantly, as going into the 2015 Hall of Fame, uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on the whole situation out there. Uh, you know, they moved from storied location uh, and stockyards out to Arrowhead Stadium, and there was a lot of uh, lead-up controversy to that, but all things seem to be going well. So, you know, from a logistics sense, and, and when did you get there, and how long did you stay, just like the whole American Royal recap from your point of view? Well, the American Royal weekend was fantastic. Uh, my time there was limited, unfortunately. Uh, but I did, uh, courtesy of the VIP treatment they gave me, including uh, uh, a golf cart and a driver, managed to see uh, the entire thing, visit with a lot of teams, both the in, in the uh, professional and the and the uh, amateur section. And i got to tell you, uh, I think this move out to the stadium is fantastic. There is so much space. This year they had 618, count them, 618 teams. That number is only going to grow. Uh, this is a broad, wide open space, easily accessible. You know, obviously there were a few growing pains uh, in, in the logistics this year. Uh, but I think it is a great move for Kansas City, and it is a great move for barbecue. When you're going around the uh, particular locations, see all the teams get ready, what kind of a reception do you get? I mean, do, do, does everybody know you? Uh, do, like, a handful of people kind of stop you, and then other people go, hey, that guy kind of looks familiar. I'm just kind of interested in, in, you know, how you trend over from, you know, team to team. Well, uh, you know, like I told my wife on the phone, these are my people. And... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, uh, and particularly with the Hall of Fame award, uh, this year, uh, I was, uh, very warmly received everywhere I went, you know, uh, lots of high Steve's. I mean, I get that at airports and I have more and more since, uh, Project Smoke, uh, started airing this summer. Uh, but this is like, this is the epicenter of, uh, of my, uh, constituency. All right, Stephen. So in regards to the Hall of Fame, 
situation itself. Uh, who kind of talked you in and when you had time to go ahead and address the audience uh, and, and the rest of the Hall of Famers, uh, you don't have to recount the whole speech, of course, but you know some of the things that you hit on during, uh, in the acceptance. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, it was a, uh, I mean, an enormous honor, and I'm extremely proud. And actually, they offered it to me last year, but the induction ceremony fell over uh, Yom Kippur, which is the holiest uh, holiday in the Jewish calendar last year. So I could not go to Kansas City for that. But uh, this year, uh, I went. My co-inductees were Ed Fisher, founder of Big Green Egg, and uh, Paul Kirk, the great Kansas City uh, barbecue master, so uh, I was in great company. Um, I kept sort of pinching myself because I thought, you know, uh, you go through life. I, you know, I have a degree in French literature. I mean, I figured I'd be a college professor, and the odd turn. <coughs> this was an award that I never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams thought I would get. Uh, and uh, and then you know, but here it is, however many years later, and uh, it, it was, uh, you know, it was just uh, it, it was such a deep, touching, and honoring uh, acknowledgement of the work I've done in barbecue. Uh, awesome, awesome, moving experience. So uh, and you know, my whole thing in life is the more you give, the more you get. You know, it's that old Beatles line, and in the end, uh, the love. Uh, uh, what is it? The love you uh, get is equal to the love you give, or something like that. Uh, the love you make is equal to the the love you take, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that means you just give as much as you can. Uh, so, in my acceptance speech, I kind of, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about uh, what an unlikely uh, recipient I was, because unlike most people at the Royal, I did not grow up in the barbecue tradition. Uh, you know, there were no smokers. I didn't even know what real barbecue was, uh, until I was in my 20s. Um, and I, uh, so in my speech, I, I talked about 10 things I've learned, uh, in my 20 years in barbecue. And, uh, the, that, that acceptance speech is actually up on my website, barbecuebible.com. Uh, but, uh, so, I talked about, you know, sort of one thing I learned is how ancient barbecue was and how important it was in the development of both uh, the human species and human culture. Uh, I talked about how barbecue is some of the last truly local food uh, that we have. And in an age where there's a Starbucks on virtually every street corner, fast food has proliferated like crazy. And even the high-end chefs like the Thomas Keller's uh, and the Mario Batali's, you know, have empires with restaurants all over the world. Barbecue really is some of the last truly local food that we have, and I think that's really important. Even in a place like uh, Kansas City, you know, where all four of what are considered the big, you know, the big big foods, ribs, brisket, pork shoulder, and chicken, I mean, they're all part of Kansas City barbecue. So I thought it was very appropriate to accept the award there. Um, I talked about kind of what barbecue means around the world and what foods constitute barbecue in other cultures, highlighting sheep's intestines in Uruguay, chicken blood in the Philippines, and nori seaweed in Korea. I would have mentioned one of uh, Japan's national dishes, grilled bean curd, but uh, with miso barbecue sauce. But with that crowd, I didn't dare quite utter the word uh, tofu. Um, 
I talked about how barbecue is teamwork, and I, uh, I gave a big nod to my wife, uh, who certainly everything good that's happened in my career has happened thanks to my wife. Um, I talked about, and I think this is a really important message, nobody eats barbecue alone. You know, it's really all about community, sharing the food, sharing the love. And then I, uh, you know, I did get on my soapbox and, uh, and sort of try and leave people with a message for what I think is important for the future. And for me, that is a close, hard look at the quality of the ingredients, trying to go for grass-fed beef, for heritage pork, for organic chicken, for organic produce, and really being aware of some of the uh, monstrosities that happen in the way that food is mass-produced in this country. And 20 years ago, you talked to pit masters. It was all about the pit and techniques. Well, the new generation really cares about how the food is raised. You know, for me, the soundbite is, you know, how your food is raised, ma- is raised matters as much as uh, how you smoke it. And I was really gra- gratified to get uh, a big round of applause for that. So I think that things are changing. Stephen, before we move on uh, with a little bit more insight into the the Hall of Fame ceremony, you touched on something I want to ask you about. You know, it seems that, as you said before, it was, you know, how you cook it. Now it's let's go ahead and and put a focus on how it's raised and how it's fed and and all the the good stuff that you're talking about. But inevitably in business and in finding people that uh, distribute, they want to take advantage of people. So I, I think it's important that if people want to make that change or really kind of live by what you're talking about, that they're able to source people that are legitimate. So do you have any suggestions on how to kind of weed through the, the, the pretenders and the fakers, the people are just looking to make a buck and find the real people that are kind of living by what you're talking about? Well, super great question. So on the local level, I mean, in general, if you shop at farmer's markets, you got a much better uh, crack at getting something pure and wholesome, and you're also supporting your local farmers and cattlemen. Uh, on the national level, uh, you know, because let's face it, I mean, we all, you know, the supermarket is a part of most of our lives. Uh, uh, I, you know, I think Whole Foods does a really good job of, uh, of providing organic food, of looking for humanely raised animals. Uh, I shop there often. Um, I look for uh, the words organic. Uh, another point that I make that is runs very counter to the way most Americans think is I'm very much a seasonal guy. And I am happy not to eat salmon for nine months a year if I can get local wild salmon for three months a year. Uh, ditto for vegetables that are out of season. I, I love seasonality, and I love scarcity. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I think as a nation we've come to expect everything we want, any time we want. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Stephen Reichel joining us here on the show, barbecuebible.com and projectsmoke.org, some websites to check them out. Go ahead and finish that thought, Stephen. Uh, well, uh, the other thing I just wanted to say is that we cannot trust uh, agribusiness and, uh, and, and the industrial uh, food complex to do the right thing uh, because they have a conscience. It's only when we demand better ingredients, uh, when we do demand more humanely ingre- uh, raised ingredients, uh, that we will get it. And, you know, for your listeners, and I know I'm, you know, I'm, 
I'm probably on a soapbox that many people in the barbecue world uh, uh, don't care about. But uh, you know, watch a watch a film like Food Inc. You know, and that'll really open your eyes about kind of where a lot of our food comes from. Stephen, a couple other of the Hall of Fame inductees that you mentioned. Uh, one was Paul Kirk, who uh, is obviously in the lore of uh, competition barbecue and uh, maybe a little bit of book writing, uh, certainly well-deserved to, to be in there. And uh, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, a couple weeks ago kind of talked about him a little bit. Uh, but another guy that wanted to ask you about, and I don't know how much you know about him, but as far as being into the Hall of Fame and people who deserve, and who's to say who deserves, I guess, but uh, when I look at a business guy, when I look at Ed Fisher of Big Green Egg, here's a guy who has been wildly successful with this particular brand of cooker. It's a ceramic cooker that had come over from the Orient that he had found back in the military and decided, hey, what a great cooker. I'm going to bring it over here, and boom, it's wildly erupted and very popular. And I think to a point he has turned his particular brand into the Kleenex, if you will, of ceramic-style cookers. You say Kleenex, but it's really facial t- tissue. You say big green egg. Everybody thinks of you know all kinds of uh, different ceramic cookers. So in that end, I think it's... An absolute wild success. In your eyes, you're a businessman, and, and you, you like to uh, succeed in markets that you're in. Uh, what does Ed Fisher and, and, I guess, the Big Green Egg mean to you? Well, uh, first of all, I'm glad you used the words wildly successful and not overnight success. What I admire the most in a guy like Ed Fisher is uh, his tenacity, his perseverance, his belief in his product. Uh, because, believe me, if... Egg is all anybody talks about now, the big green egg. I guarantee you there were 20 or 30 years of his business when almost nobody bought eggs or knew what they were. <laughs> but he believed, he persevered. And uh, it's, you know, I guarantee you almost any overnight success <laughs> took a lot of struggle, a lot of belief, uh, a lot of years when nothing happened. And this is a product that uh, I don't know if you own any, but you certainly are oh, very uh, very used to using. Many, right? I own many eggs. Uh, I use them. It's a fantastic product. And I think the egg has actually been very responsible for bringing what I would call a lot of mainstream grillers uh, into the world of barbecue and smoking. What I like about the egg here, and certainly this isn't a planned love fest for Big Green Egg, but when people are asking me what kind of a, a pit or what kind of a grill should I look at, Certainly, we discuss you know some of the the major factors when I'm counseling somebody, which is you know how big is your family, what are the uh, situations that you might grill up to people wise. You know, I cook for me. You know, it's like I cook for five usually, but I can gust up to twenty five to fifty people depending. So, uh, you know, take that into account. But the other thing is budget, and if the budget's right, uh, or if we're trending, and I can push somebody up, I always recommend Big Green Egg because, to me, I call it the the hybrid cooker, two cookers in one. You have the low and slow capabilities, which you're uh, obviously very familiar with, but then you also have the super high heat ability to do steaks. So if you can you know, muster the, the savings book, go ahead and, and buy one of those. And as I say, buy the best and only cry once, right? Uh, you know, Greg, I couldn't agree with you more. I always recommend to people to buy more grill than you think you need so you can grow into it. Stephen Reichland joining us here on the show. ProjectSmoke.org is the television show, and BarbecueBible.com, obviously, his uh, normal haunt, if you want to check him out here while we're talking. Uh, let's transition a little bit, Stephen, with the time we have left. Uh, we are well into October, uh, really going into November very quickly here over the next week or so. Uh, again, we pull back from uh, what you said recently in the show here as far as seasonality. 
course, I never want to have you on to not ask you about what you're cooking or, or what you into. And I saw a blog post of yours recently that uh, said two of my favorite things, apple and crisp. And, of course, uh, when it's Stephen Reichlin, you know it's going outside. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is something about wood smoke uh, that will take a dessert, and especially a fruit dessert, and it will... Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit like the smoke. I call wood smoke the umami of barbecue, and umami is that fifth taste that has the ability to, to make things, that sort of makes, makes things like you're tasting them in technicolor. And when you add a whiff of wood smoke to an apple crisp, and my latest uh, iteration, the one we do on uh, Project Smoke, also involves uh, bacon and bourbon, uh, it's, it's just you're taking a commonplace dessert and you're making it absolutely extraordinary, otherworldly. Uh, and, uh, uh, and this is what wood smoke does. All right, so talk to me about the recipe itself, if people want to give it a try here over this coming weekend, uh, things that they're going to need and, you know, a little bit of the, the high-level stuff. Cast iron skillet uh, in which you brown the bacon. Don't pour off too much of the bacon fat. Uh, the filling, it's a standard, you know, uh, apple, a little bit of flour for thickener, a little brown sugar for sweetness, grated lemon zest, super important. I fold the bacon back in. I fold the bourbon back in. The top is your basic crisp, um, which I started doing because I like crisps and also I'm um, too lazy to make uh, pie dough for apple pie. Uh, ginger snap cookies or graham cracker crumbs or shortbread crumbs. Uh, uh, flour, brown sugar, uh, butter, cut in using a food processor or two knives. That goes on top. Indirect grilling, handful of apple wood. You know, it's just incredible. By the way, uh, you know, you asked me about what I'm, uh, what I'm grilling, and this is a segue away from apples, but I, got, I just got to tell you about something I made last night. Yeah. So, uh, so we got some nice uh, wild coho salmon, and I thought I would plank it last night with a miso barbecue sauce. And, uh, but what I did is, you know, the common lure is you soak the cedar plank and that way it releases all the cedar steam. So, but what I did is I charred the cedar plank, turned it over so the fish went on the charred plank to kind of get some intrinsic smoke. And then instead of indirect grilling it, I direct. And if you go up on my Facebook page, Stephen Reichlin, um, you will see this plank. The edges are flaming. The whole thing is flaming. It is so dramatic. It is so spectacular. And i got to tell you, it's the best plank salmon I ever made in my life. I was going to say, I mean, I have a guy on my show fairly regularly, uh, somebody I'm sure you're familiar with, a fellow uh, author of The Grill and up in Canada, Ted Reeder, who is widely of considered course, to yeah. be you know, the master planker. And uh, yep. I, I don't think I've ever heard him say that he has gone out of his way to not soak a plank before and inherently as you said i mean this is a dry piece of wood and you throw it on direct and you potentially have a, a fire on your hands but all in all the, the flavor is good and the, were there any like special uh, tips on you know cooking with it so you don't go from really good to horrible very quick well one is don't turn your back on it because it you know when it starts to catch fire that'll go pretty quickly Second is when you take it off, I mean, I actually served it to my wife flaming, and it was, you know, it was just, it was so dramatic. But uh, you want to put it on a cast iron platter because that plank, if you direct grill it, it will be hot, burning, charred underside. And if you, you know, put it on a ceramic platter, you could crack it. Or if you put it on a wood platter, well, you could just get more fire. Stephen Reichlin joins us here on the show as he does the third Tuesday of every month. Some websites, again, projectsmoke.org. And barbecuebible.com. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk to you again in November.
Thank you very much, Greg. You do such a great show. Uh, can't wait to come back. Thank, Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. There he is, Stephen Reichwood, ladies and gentlemen. Always love to talk with Stephen when we have the chance. Uh, third Tuesday of every month guest. And yeah, so uh, we'll do it like that again in November. And there it is, Stephen Reichland's visit with Greg from October 20th, 2015. Hall of Fame talk runs deep at the Barbecue Central Show. It's just part of what we do. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to listen to this or any other episode of the Barbecue Central Show, head over to thebarbecuecentralshow.com. There's an archive tab at the top of the page. While you're there, do me a favor. Subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or the Barbecue Central Show again. Thanks so much for checking it out. Until next time, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.